honor you for it, Lord. Father, I thank you to open up our hearts, open up my heart to be able to hear from you and speak what you would have me to speak today. Open up the ears and the hearts of the listeners, both here and online. And we say hello to our people, our friends online, and we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to minister your word. It brings life, health, hope, healing, brings every good thing. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So today we're going to talk about mercy, which is God's secret weapon and our hope. Amen. It's our greatest hope is God's mercy. And uh, this whatever relationship you have with God started out is his mercy extended to you. And it will always be that. Amen. Um, There's no way we can earn, even after receiving Christ, you know, we know that God blesses obedience, God. But your obedience comes through him. He empowers us to obey, like, all the time. And I think sometimes we may forget that or not be as aware of it that we can always call on him for the power to carry out his commandments. And uh, I think that's a great uh, asset because we're never far from God. I mean, you're never on your own trying to be obedient. You always have the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we just need to reach up and ask God to, to fill us again. Amen. And and not try to work it up. You know how it is. You say, well, if I want to be filled, I need to, you know, tongues always fills me. And we go to praying in tongues and care. But sometimes just need to rest and say, just come upon me, Holy Spirit. Just it energize me, empower me, strengthen me, help me. It, without your works, you know what I'm saying? Without trying to work something up or uh, energize yourself. I mean, sometimes God is like, well, if you just move out the way, I could do everything you're asking me to do. And then some, amen. And so sometimes we, uh, we uh, uh, like Jonah said, you know, we uh, they who observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Sometimes we can forsake our mercy by trying living, believing something that's not true. You know, a vain imagination is something that tells us that we've got an idea of how to get something from God, but it didn't come from God. You know, we may think because we did so and so the last time, and God came through for us that it's a pattern we have to but it's continually seeking uh companionship with god seeking his help seeking his uh empowerment all of those things that he gives us richly and freely you know they're given all we have to do is open up to receive and not try to earn amen and so it's a good thing and it's good to want to be obedient to god but it's also good to realize you can't obey him without him He's got to be involved in it. Amen. So really it's him obeying himself, taking you along for the ride. Amen. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so we need to rest in that fact, but do what you know to do. You know what I'm saying? But rest in the fact that God will come through with us because he is ever merciful. So I was thinking about the word mercy and and I did... go to the concordances and and get an understanding of what we express you know people are all well what's the difference between mercy and grace well find out about both of them though you don't have to compare them but get both of them working in your life who cares what you call it you know i mean it's it's you need to understand that mercy 
is an attribute of God's character. Whenever mercy is involved in something, the character of God is present there. Amen. There's something of God there. Because uh, the devil is far from merciful. I mean, he mercy is the last thing on his mind when it comes to anything. He ain't thinking about trying to help anybody. He's not thinking about uh, your suffering, your pain. In fact, he's thinking about trying to put more on you. If he can get you to believe that you're entitled to it, he can put as much on you as you will take. Amen. And so the way to break yourself out of that is just remember God's mercy. God, you you came along when I knew nothing about you, and you introduced me to your wonderful son, your beautiful son, your loving son, who gave his life in exchange for mine so that I can now come and dwell with the Father. I can come and, and dine with you. I can come and talk to you, have fellowship. All of the things that I need in life, I can get through you and from you because of the one act of love that he did on my behalf and so when we begin to understand how mercy was for first given to us why would we try and walk away from it in our time of need <clears throat> it's so much better to just continually depend on the mercy of god uh, because it it is what we must depend on to get us through David was a mighty man of God. He he was very close to God. Look at all the psalms he wrote. You know, I mean, that boy was busy. Amen for God. Because he loved him so. And he knew, knew God loved him. But David made mistakes. But he also knew that if he petitioned, see, the same God that was his God when he was doing good is his God when he's not doing you understand what I'm saying? When you're doing bad, he's God. When you're doing good, he's God. When you're doing good, it, it's God that's doing it through you. Amen? So good or bad, God is still God, but his mercy endures forever. Amen? It's a wonderful thing, I mean, to think about. You know, if, if you, sit, you say you're sitting here and, and things aren't going so well, and you're trying to think, God, what's wrong? What did I do wrong now? How how did I get in this mess? I I took a wrong turn somewhere, and and you go through all of that harangue. You beat yourself up mentally. I shouldn't have done that. I I had an opportunity to take a different road, and I just ignored you, and I didn't do what you told me to do. And but at the end of that whole conversation, but you are merciful, and I ask you for mercy, because your mercy endures forever. Your anger only lasts for a little while, but your mercy endures forever. Amen? And if we can always end that conversation with God on a merciful note. Amen? God, I need your mercy. I'm not in any way deserving anything I'm asking you for. You know how we went through the word movement where we had rights to everything and rights to this and rights to that. And I'm thinking to myself, I said, that sounds like them street protest people. I mean, it did. It sounded like that to me because I got so sick of hearing about people's rights. And then, you know, everybody had rights. And, you know, it just went like a, a, a football. It bounced from one group of people to another. And I thought to myself, I said, you know what, God? I said, I have no right to anything, but you're a merciful God. You told me to ask, and you would do it. So I'm asking. 
Amen. And I think that's how we, we should live. We should live in the word and asking according to the word, but understand who whom you're asking to do something. This person is so merciful and so generous and so kind and so loving. That's the biggest part of him is his mercy. Amen. And then his mercy lasts forever. So even though, you know, people always talk about judgment. Oh, this is under judgment. That's a, Yeah, but his mercy endures forever. Are you kidding me? You're going to take judgment as the final answer? People under the old covenant didn't accept that. They'd always go to God and say, but God, I realize what I've done. I have no right to ask you for anything. But you told me you had a blood covenant with me and that I should ask. So I'm here asking because I know you're a merciful God. And I think if we can keep that picture of God, because, you know, when things aren't going the way you want to, you always want to find out what the problem is. Well, when you serve a merciful God, there is no problem. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because mercy is always the answer. He's not going to turn us down. He's not going to forsake us. He's not going to put us in time out because we colored outside the lines you know what i'm saying (laughs) you ever have one of them kind of teachers in kindergarten or first grade stand up over you with a ruler hit them knuckles get him get it inside the lines why are you still messing this up that's not god huh that's not god that's the devil i had a couple of them teachers i know them switches amen so, I mean, we have to really get a, a good picture of who God is and get these fake pictures, get these fake pictures that we make up because we think we deserve all kind of punishment sometimes because that's just how the carnal mind operates. But God's not here to punish. He punished his son so he could spare you. Huh? And he's not going to change his mind about that. And there's nothing you can do that's so wrong that would make him change up he's ever merciful the bible says and linda so that word mercy means pity or compassion it means to be gracious so there you have your grace thrown right in there so how are you going to separate them out they go together it means to show favor and it means to make favorable so when god's mercy comes upon you he shows you favor. You know what favor is? It's that person. I was I was thinking about this. Um, I shared this with somebody. I'll tell you who. I, I think I, well, I, I probably can tell you who it is. Miss Clydell. Because we've been prayer partners for like ever. And uh, what y'all saying? Yes, y'all don't be counting no years on us. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Buke you. Everybody, little ad machines going tick tick. I heard them. I hears in the speed. <laughs> but anyway, I told her. I said, you know, I had a dream about your son. Now I dream very little. That's, you know, I mean, real. A lot of times, I don't know if I'm sleep awake. You understand? <laughs> now see, there y'all go. Oh, that's early Alzheimer's. What's 
I didn't heard of you ain't heard about nothing on me. But uh but it's the truth. I mean it's it's just a little strange to some people, but I can tell you I said I think I was asleep that time. I said, was I awake? Was I asleep? Was I uh but anyway, um I saw him in a crowded room and this was like a room it looked to me like it was a bar uh but he's not a drinker you know what i mean this this young man he's saved and everything but you know sometimes god will give you vivid pictures to get your attention you know and uh there were some people coming from the front door he was in the back of this crowded bar it was dark in there and there were people coming through and you know how you see these movies where they push through the crowd to get to the person there it's usually bad news you know because he then ripped somebody off in here the leg breakers found him in the bar and go come in here break his leg so these there are some people forcefully pushing their way past other people to get to him and god told me to tell him that his faith god's favor was on him and he will be the person who would be selected for and he never told me what it was and so i mentioned it to him and it didn't seem to ring a bell with him but when i talked to his mom she said well i'm going just going to tell him that's for him she said i know what it's about you know because she prays for him and so that's what favor is you see God will push past a room full of crowded room of people just to get to you because he knows you're the best person that he can put in that situation. I don't care if it's a job. I don't care if it's a a position uh, in your school or in anything, whatever it is. If it, It can be at the car lot, wherever you want the car wash, wherever. You are the one person he has selected out of all of those individuals to place there. You see? Huh? You the best. Amen. And it's not because you feel so wonderful. And it's not because you can think of anything. And see, that's the beauty of God's mercy and favor. Because his mercy just shines down upon you, looks favorably at you, picks you out, and positions you where he wants you to be. It also means uh, to show favor, to make favorable. And so favor will follow you if you stay in that position of mercy in God. The Bible says they who are merciful will obtain mercy. So then mercy becomes a seed that you sow as well as a gift that you receive from God. Whatever is of God's spirit gets imparted to you. It doesn't just come and visit you and then leave. Why would he abandon mercy over your life? Amen. And so these are things that we cannot explain. We just know that by the spirit they, they open doors for us. It, it falls into our life. And and if we're careful to walk with God, it will remain on our lives. It remain there. And so it means to make you favorable. It means to make you a person that people want, that they want for the best things, that they want to select you to do certain things. Amen. 
And so it's it's a wonderful thing to understand that. It also means to be shown consideration. Say where you may not be the person that God would or, or that somebody else would choose for something. Mercy means that you are shown consideration. That where people would just, you know, look at your application and put it aside. They look at it now. They pay it. They don't, they can't put it down. They'll say something about this person. You got me? Is, is the person I want. Brother Hagen was given the example of his brother. He said he had a brother that had, um, was a salesperson. Forget what he was selling. Um, mechanical somethings tools or something like that and this company they were looking for i think just regular salesperson that's where he started and the company was looking for sales representatives but they required a college degree and so when they the uh, the man that talked to him hired him anyway and he was asked by his boss why he hired him he said well he talked me into it he said, and I figure if he could talk me into hiring him, he could probably sell our products. <laughs> See, that's, you, he's being, being shown consideration. All he did was walk in there with God's mercy and be, and opened his mouth and God filled it with words. So not only that, but he outsold all of the salesmen in his division. So they made him a manager over a region. Uh, as a manager, with his sales and his bonuses, he made more than the vice president. So the vice president said, I can't have him making more money than me. He said, let's cut down his territory. They cut it down. It was three states at one time. They counted down to two. He still made more money than the vice. They cut it down again to one. He still made. Eventually, they made him vice president of the company. See what I'm saying? So favor, and see, we think about favor as just getting us in the door. Just get me the job. And then we get in there and start cutting up. (laughs) We let them realize who they hired. (laughs) See? See, go in with God. Let him follow you through the door. Don't shut the door in God's face and leave him outside. See? See? Because they don't have you there because you're so wonderful. You're so smart. Now, you can have the best credentials if you want to, but, you know, that's on you. Huh? But God will get you in there and cause you to do great things just because he's God and he's disposed to show favor to his people. Amen? I used to teach without a college degree. You understand what I'm saying? Now, see, I had a I had an IQ in 98 percentile. It's a blessing and not a blessing sometimes. See, I go in class and figure out what they want, and I just disappear for two months and come back for the finals. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, it was just one of them things. 
So, you know, in the world, you don't fit in when you, the only place I really, and I barely fit in the God's kingdom, you know what I'm saying? God had to adopt me and take me out of the world. You know, people people like that get in trouble in the world. Because I could talk people into putting me anywhere, you know, but boredom set in and I didn't want to stay. So where do you go except to God? Amen? And so it's not hard to get somewhere. As far as worldly standards are concerned, I was a sinner and I knew worldly people didn't know anything. And I could I could outthink them and outsmart them. And I was a sinner. You understand what I'm saying? How much more when you're in the kingdom, when you have God's blessing and his favor on your life, you have all of those things. And so when you, when you have those things, it's for a purpose. It's for a godly purpose. See, it would be a waste of my life to still be in the world. I'd probably have one of Moore's jumps. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because eventually people who are too smart for their own good wind up behind bars. You know, I'd, I'd be like that type of person. But praise God, I, he found a reason and a purpose, you know, let me discover his purpose for my life. And so it's it's been a, a positive thing. You know, ever since. And so it means to be shown consideration. So the what God shows you, he shows to other people to show you. So your favor comes and it, in, it begins to influence people who are in your path to open doors for you, to make a way for you. To allow you to be able to accomplish things that you could not accomplish on your own. Always be thankful for it because the minute you try to take it for granted or you are not thankful for it, it can, can lift off of situations. You find yourself getting into situations and assuming God's favor and it's not really there for you. And so we have to, it's something that, that stays upon your life as you humble yourself to God and you allow God to show you that mercy and to show you that he is gracious, good, slow to anger, all of those things um, that, that he can show you because he is a merciful God. The word Canaan, you remember Canaan land where the Israelites were on their way, that, that name means mercy. So that's where, that's why it was described as a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a land where you didn't have to, uh, it, it, it was irrigated by the, the open sky and the rains from heaven. See, in Egypt, Egypt was a dry land. They depended on the Nile River for everything. And so they had an irrigation system that was, um, that was uh, uh, fueled by human energy, foot pumps or treadmills. So whenever you wanted water for your crops, you had to expend some human energy in order to get it. And so that's what they were accustomed to. And when they found that God had given them a land and they didn't have to work it like that, that was like amazing. Amen? You mean to tell me that we just sit and let it rain and our crops grow and the crops were huge they said they had a cluster of grapes that they put on a staff and and two men carried it on their shoulders so here you got a cluster of grapes the grapes are probably as big as a person's head 
Amen. So with constant rain coming down from heaven in the right season, the crops grew like that. And God even told them, there are houses on this property that you didn't even build. Amen. I'll give you land. You can build your custom house. But in the meantime, you'll have a place where you can live. Somebody else built it. I'll just give it to you. Amen. And so when you when you understand that, that's what mercy is. You see, that's what that's what I crave. Because we all I mean, we're not thieves. Come on now. We we all accept the fact that we have to work for certain things. But in God your labor is not hard. It's not overtaxing. It won't kill you. It won't give you a heart attack at age thirty nine. Because you, you got this crazy idea you're going to be a millionaire by 40 and retire. And you drop dead of a heart attack at age 39. Because you don't have a covenant with God. See what I'm saying? And so when we understand the kind of life God wants us to live. And just start receiving that by faith and, and thanking God for it. And expect it to happen that way in your life. Then, then we can can really appreciate what mercy actually means. So mercy, not only forgiving your sins, which is essential, and cleansing you from all unrighteousness, which is essential. Then there's uh, other aspects of mercy that follow through you every step that you take in life. See, every step that you take is is paved in God's mercy. Every step you take is paved with God's mercy. There's no earning here. Your, his mercy is what causes you to obey him because he leads and guides you because he's merciful to you. He wants to see us do well. He doesn't want to see us mess up. So mercy means I'm going to guide you in a way that you won't mess up. Amen. And you can be confident. Now, sometimes, you know, you're not sure, oh, God, I messed up last time. I don't know what to do now. No, his mercy will make you sure-footed and make you confident. Amen? It really, really will. And so <clears throat> the Israelites listened to that name Canaan. Whenever they heard Canaan, they thought mercy. They thought easy. They thought finally resting from our labors. They thought finally catching a breather, amen, catching a break in life, a burden lifting off me, and now I can uh, I can enjoy life. I can be somebody who uh, can can provide income for other people. You know, sometimes it's it's a job expansion that God wants to do so that you can provide a job for somebody else. You know, the Israelites, you know, they would conquer different groups of people. The people were glad to survive and work for somebody if they didn't kill them. You know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, that's just the way life was. It's not the way we live now. But, uh, you know, certainly it was an improvement on them being slaves to the Egyptians for 450 years. So finally they get their freedom. And I believe it was just as hard for them to believe sometimes that it is for us. To believe in the total goodness of God. Just how merciful and how gracious and how loving and kind he is. So uh, so that name began 
became synonymous with the mercy of God. His mercy endured forever. God's people expected mercy and no hard labor. Mercy also means to cover, to purge, to make atonement. So really when you think about it, if you even if you have sinned or you have made mistakes, God's mercy makes atonement for that. And atonement really means that the remembrance of it leaves you. You know how sometimes you can think about something good that you need from God or you want from God and you think he might do that for you and then that gorilla jumps up in the back of your head and says yeah but what think about well, what you did you, you remember you did this over here now how's he gonna do that and you over here doing this and you know you can't trust yourself because every time the god does something good for you mess it up you see what i'm saying and so when you see that he makes atonement he kills the gorilla that wants to jump up and steal your promise and steal your confidence that god will do it because doubt is your biggest enemy. You know, you you receive God's grace through faith. His mercy, his faith is his mercy. See, he mercifully grants us the measure of faith. And once we start putting our faith in his word, then we have the the God kind of faith. So you have the faith in you that will move mountains. But as long as we let doubt catch us, and snare us we won't see doubt is is like a trap that's set for you to put your foot in and it snags you and drags you back to square one again so that you don't make any progress amen so if god's mercy if mercy means to make atonement that means that the guilt is gone the sense of not deserving is gone You know, this idea that every time something goes wrong in your life, you sit up and wonder what you did to make it happen. you got to make yourself quit doing that. Because whatever it is, he made atonement for it. It's gone. But see, if the enemy can keep us ensnared with these crazy... Girl, y'all don't have enough power. Listen, y'all don't have enough power to stop God from doing nothing. You hear me? If he could save you without you stopping him. And some of us was trying hard. (laughs) Amen. We was trying hard to stop God from saving us. And he saved us anyway. Amen. Come on now. The devil wants to make you think that, you know, now that you didn't got saved, you're worse than you was before you was a sinner. He'll tell you that kind of stuff. Oh, look at what you didn't do. And then, you know, not only your stuff. And then if he can't think of nothing you did, then it's your generational curses. It's your, you know, all this kind of stuff. So-and-so, the bit to the root worker on you and all this other stuff. You know what I'm saying. He's always got something to make you negate God's mercy in your life. 
make you act like it's not even there. So many times we need to just renounce all that stuff and say, God, you're a God of mercy. Would you please show up in my situation? Would you please give me mercy in this thing? It also means to cover with pitch. That means you don't leak. Huh? If it's anything that's wrong with you, it's contained. It's not leaking all over the place and messing your life up. Amen. It means tender affection. God treats us like, you know, little fragile things when he's merciful to us. He approaches us very gently and very kindly, very tenderly. And then he empowers us. See, the strength of God then begins to come into our hearts and our and our lives and our spirits and begins to work through us. Amen. So he's gentle, but he's strong. Amen. So his mercy encompasses all of that. The tender affection. He's not coming to us in a rough way. Amen. Now, there's some times he has to straighten us up. You know, he's jerked me up a couple times and told me to get it together because I was lagging behind and doing what I knew to do. You know, he's he's an exhorter. He stirs us to to do good. Amen. He provokes us to do good. Sometimes he has to provoke you to get you out of your fear and move you out of complacency. Just like the, the woman that, that had the daughter that, that she needed healed, a Syrophoenician woman. He pushed her away, called her a dog, you know, all kinds of stuff. And he finally provoked her to use her faith. Amen. So he has to do that with us sometimes. You know. He'll tell me sometimes, you better stop that. He said, because the devil is right on your trail, girl. The minute he says devil, I snap back into my spiritual mind, man. You know, because I don't want to have to tangle with the devil. I want to stay with God. Amen. But but there's some places where you can't go anymore to hang out and rest away from God. You've got to stay right where he is. And it may seem like an effort to you sometimes. But you got to do it for your own good. Amen. Amen. It's like, you know, people who are raised children, you know, toddlers get heavy. You know, for a minute, they fight you, you want to pick them up because you still love them, want to hold them close, and you go to pick them up. Mm. No. Now, that's the first. When they learn that, man, they got power. Uh-huh. So you put them down. You say, well, it's kind of a relief not to have to pick that bad boy up again because he weigh a ton anyway. Amen. And so, you know, it's a, there comes a time when God won't continue to carry us, you know. And then we get our strength. But if we wander off too far, he's got to come back and retrieve us again. Amen? Amen. And so we, we have to remember that about God. He is tender mercy. He's soft-hearted toward us. And he'll show that soft-heartedness to anybody he desires. He's a good God. Amen. He is a good God. And we can hold him to the promises that are in his word. <clears throat> so <clears throat> his mercy is everlasting. He never runs out of mercy. That's wonderful news. 
we can count on his mercy amen in romans nine fifteen, he says i will have mercy upon whom i will have mercy that's man that's like hopeful to me you know that's our great hope is that that mercy will be shown to us amen when i say romans 9 yeah for he said to moses i will have mercy on whom i'll have mercy and i will have compassion on whom i will have compassion amen this was said and let me follow this on here exodus 33:19 is the original of that so god told moses that was an old covenant promise amen that he would have mercy on whom he would have mercy praise god turn to genesis chapter go to that genesis 19 i'll see what i had in mind there mercy from everlasting to everlasting is god's mercy amen so you will find great mercy on people uh, from the beginning of god's interaction with humanity genesis say 19 did i say verse i think it's verse 6 hang on oh i'm sorry it was 16 this is a story about the destruction of sodom and gomorrah and it shows uh, when god was when lot was interested in interceding i'm sorry when abraham was interested in interceding for lot god showed abraham what he was going to do to that wicked city and he said their sin has come up before me and i'm going to have to deal with that town and so uh, abram knew that his nephew lot was still living there and so he began to negotiate with god knowing that god was merciful but he didn't know the extent of his mercy so he said would you spare that city for a hundred righteous he said yeah i would do it for that and then he went to 50 then he went to 25 i think he stopped at 10 maybe well there weren't 10 people there amen (laughs) so he had to destroy the town Ten righteous people there you got me and so as god is destroying uh the cities uh it says here start in verse 10 there's these angels appeared in the form of men and the men who were from that city came to the house to lots to abram's lots house where they were and demanded that they send the men out so that they could have uh, relationships with them got me and so the men then began to secure those people who would be spared and this was god's mercy extended and so it says here in verse 9 19 verse 9 and they said stand back and they said again 
this one fellow came into sojourn and he will needs be a judge now will we deal worse with thee than with them and they pressed sore upon them of the man even lot and came near to break down the door but the men put forth their hand and pulled lot into the house to them and shut the door so these were the angels that had come to destroy the city and the the evil people there didn't even know there were angels they had no respect for them whatsoever and they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness both small and great so that they wearied themselves to find the door and the men said to lot have you any here besides son-in-law your sons your daughters whatsoever you have in the city bring them out of this place for we will destroy this place because the cry of them is gotten great before the face of the lord and the lord has sent us to destroy it and lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law which married his daughters and said up get you out of this place for the lord will destroy this city but he seemed as one that mocked them until his sons-in-law you see how sin and deception can keep you blinded from what truth is so here you see god willing to forgive them bring them out of the city and show them great mercy but they don't uh, they're not open to receive it and when the morning arose then the angels hastened lot saying arise take your wife uh, hasten to lot saying okay take your wife and your two daughters which are here lest you be consumed in the iniquity of this city and while he lingered the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and the hand of his two daughters the lord being merciful unto them amen and they brought him forth and set him outside of the city so here god's mercy rescues them from certain destruction you got angels who have the power to strike some people blind saying they're coming to destroy the city and some people don't want to leave huh so mercy really is something that will only go so far if you don't receive it see if you don't know how to humble yourself before god and receive his way of escape receive his blessing receive whatever it is that he has to offer you you're going to be kind of hard pressed to get very far you got me like say holiday season comes up people want to buy gifts for people they want to show love they want to you know it's something about god's spirit that hovers over the earth during christmas time it puts everybody in a real nice mood a real giving mood you know what i'm saying well you're going to get some gifts that just don't appeal to you so are you going to receive that mercy gift that, that mercy that mercy that god wants to show you will come in the form of something that may not be your cup of tea but you have to learn how to be gracious see you show mercy and be gracious in receiving it just like the mercy that was shown to give it to you amen some people are a little mixed up and confused when they give you know i'll have people say well it's not the best i said don't ever say that about anything you give to somebody i said the fact is you thought somebody said that to me about a, a gift they gave me one christmas it's, it's not nothing much i said don't ever say that about something you give i said i'm thankful you thought about me i said it's never the gift it's always the thought 
Except if it's your husband or your fiance. It's can I say that? Are you embarrassed, Brother Shannon? Or are you still with us over there? Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Got to get a male witness, but, you know, it's, it is a gift. Remember the five C's, girls. <laughs> Cut, clarity, carrots, color. Not cost. That ain't your business. So we got four C's. The fifth one is on him. You got me? Thank you. So you take care of your foe. Let him take care of number five. Amen. Praise the Lord. See, that one was free for Christmas. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And if it don't match up on all four, tell me, that ain't for me. That must be for somebody. Is that mine? <laughs> you know, there's all kind of ways to say, for me. For me? Then there's, is that for me? So you always be the for me girl, okay? Be gracious. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm messing with y'all, but stay gracious. Anyway, of course, I could say more, but I won't. Praise the Lord. So we'll move on. So, okay, um, so God's mercy uh, extends. And, and these are people, some of these people do not deserve mercy. The sons-in-law were offered mercy. They acted like, you know, the lot was crazy or whatever. Didn't want to go. They liked that lifestyle. So they lingered. And then even when he told Lot the way to escape, then Lot starts getting a little confused. And it says here, verse 17, and it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that the angel said, escape for your life. Look, Don't look behind you. Don't stay on the plain. Escape to the mountain lest you be consumed. Then Lot said to him, oh, no, not so, my Lord. Now, somebody's telling you to escape from a burning city. It was not burning yet, but it's going to be raining fire in a little bit. He says, behold, now your servant has found grace in your sight, that in you has magnified your mercy, which you have shown unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountains except some evil. Well, he's scared to go to where they tell him to go. You see what I'm saying? There's a city that's near to me. Let me escape there, and my soul shall live. And he said unto them, See, I have accepted you concerning this thing. Also, I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. So they were going to destroy the place where he was on his way to. So sometimes there's sin everywhere. There's danger everywhere, except we follow God's explicit instructions, you know, his exact instructions. Everybody's always looking for some wiggle room. Mercy isn't always found in the wiggle room. Sometimes mercy is found in the place that seems less acceptable to you. But that will be the place where God will meet you and he will help you. And so here the the they overthrew those cities and all the plain, verse 25, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt amen i always say remember lot's wife the lesbian 
remember her and so you know there are times where people don't want the mercy of god they want sin they don't believe that god is going to judge them harshly that he's given them enough time to make a decision and just trust him and escape with their lives there are people who just don't believe that that their life is is finite until god's great mercy comes and settles in on them and so it's always good to understand when god affords you mercy jump on it first get the first thing smoking that seems to have mercy on it and 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 god can take care of sometimes the most complex issues and problems if we'll understand that he gives us a way of escape mercy always gives you a way of escape it gives you a an answer it gives you a wisdom it gives you a second third and fourth chance it gives you all of those things because of of god's great love for us for all humanity he'll have mercy on whomever he'll have mercy so sometimes you're walking in covenant and agreement with god and you draw mercy from that but then there's he'll have mercy on whomever so you might feel so outside of of obedience to god that you fall in the whomever category and you have a covenant with god amen he'll show you mercy there too amen he would rather forgive a disobedient child than to sick the devil on you to, to teach you a lesson you see what i'm saying we always think that we we deserve something much worse than you know is on god's mind he wants to help us punishment sometimes does very little you know for some in some situations god is perfect so he knows when to withhold blessing from us you understand what i'm saying not as a way of dangling something in front of us but many times our blessings are withheld because our faith isn't where it needs to be to get it and keep it sometimes your faith isn't where it needs to be to recognize that it belongs to you you understand i'm seriously you know you just want you think you're asking, obeying God, you know, believing Him for something, and and uh, you know something uh, comes in, and you turn your nose up at it because you're that kind of person. You know what I'm saying? Some people just pick at everything. It's just nothing. They, you know what I'm saying? It's just nothing. And uh, you, but then you you have to understand that God is is helping us to learn how to recognize the value in things just because they come from him just because they come from the hand of god we have to recognize that there's a value of things based on who the giver is not what the gift is you know necessarily see it comes because uh, god favors you he wants to help you but it also comes according to your faith. And many times we don't want to believe that our faith is somehow lacking. Or you know, sometimes faith is something that needs to be held on to in your heart for a season. So it matures and ripens before it will, will cause to manifest that thing that you're believing. You've got to be able to pull it 
from the invisible to the visible with your faith. And sometimes you don't realize what a big fish you might have on the other end of the rope where your faith has to be strong enough to pull the big fish in. Then you got to be able to recognize that that's your fish when it gets here, you know. So your faith has to recognize. There's a recognition. There's eyes that come with your faith. There's visibility that comes with your faith. And sometimes you have to realize that that's, God, is that what I've been believing for? Is that my promise? Is that my job? Is that my promotion? Is that my, you know, situation? Whatever it is. You can only recognize it if your your eyes of faith are, are sharpened. And they're honed in. And they, you know, you I tell you what have, help, helps us to recognize these things is meditation. If you spend time meditating with God, the things that he, you know, just say, God, I just love you. I thank you for, you know, just go down the line of the things that he's done and he's uh, blessed us with and how he's helped us with different things. And, and then that will sharpen your vision for what is to come. There are more things beside that are to come in the, the, um, um, in the realm of, of faith possibilities for us. Because he really wants us to do great things. He really, really does. I remember when when God was helping me to understand how to have faith for this ministry. And um, I can remember people having building funds and they were buying buildings and we were always buying vehicles, you know. And uh, we're just different. You understand what I'm saying? And I remember inviting someone to come. Um, to speak for us and that person um, carried such a uh, an anointing and a faith for for money and things like that i remember us getting pledges of five thousand fifteen thousand dollars for people and they came through in in like a couple of months we had raised forty thousand dollars and bought that bus and that was discounted, I think. I think we paid 25 for it. It should have been 40 They just knocked 15 off because. You understand what I'm saying? Kind of blew my mind. But then God showed me. He said, why do you think I've had you understanding things related to faith for money and getting out of fear every time something goes wrong or wherever there's a need in the ministry? He said, I've taught you how to recognize that I'm going to pay your bills, both your personal bills and the ministry bills. He said, I don't tell you to do anything I don't pay for. And so God will do certain things like that. But if if I were the type of person that said, oh, well, we can't get a vehicle because we don't have a place to keep it. Or we can't get a big bus because we don't have this or we don't have that. You know, you go ahead with where your faith is leading you. You know, get the bus. If God gives you money for the bus, get the bus. And and let the building come later. You understand? We But we've always had a building to keep those buses in, praise God. He, he allowed us to find some places to keep them. You understand what I'm saying? So that they could always be in good running condition. Are buses easy to fix? No. Last time we had that bus repaired, I I got sick of looking at all the parts listed on the bill. It was three pages long. You understand what I'm saying? 
$60,000, I think it was twenty or twenty-five. just repair. You understand what I'm saying? Who's going to undertake that but God? You see what I'm saying? And he taught me how not to hesitate when there was a need. You know, now that drives some people crazy. Because I see people can walk around with raggedy stuff and this falling off. And listen, brother, your door, the front doorknob is falling off. I get to it. Really? You know, that's not God. That's not how God lives. Then pretty soon you look at you got 15 things wrong. Now you don't want to pay for it anymore. That ain't God either. So I was always quick to take care of things. You know, if if it went went south or, you know, didn't, you know, if the guys couldn't figure out what to do with it, we got somebody to repair it. You take care of God's things. Amen. When the bus didn't run anymore, I finally said goodbye to it. I didn't want to want to. So it was in my front yard for I don't know how many years. I took one last picture. Bye, Angel, my miracle bus. Whatever, you know, you just do those things. Because the guys kept telling me, yeah, we better move that bus. Don't touch it. Don't touch my child. What's wrong with you? Have you no compassion? And so I finally did. We wound up getting money, getting money for it after it sat for four years. You understand what I'm saying? God is a merciful God, folks. He's a merciful God. And I would ask him, I said, God, are we being a good steward with this? Are we being good stewards with that? Are we taking care of things the way you want us to? You know, I'm sensitive to that. I don't, you know, mess stuff up just to mess stuff up and all of that kind of thing. You know, you, you, you take care of what God gives you. And, and then he'll take care of you and he gives you more. And then he trusts you with other things. You know what I'm saying? You get your, you get your stamp of approval from him. But it's all his mercy. You know, I would never have learned how to trust him for the things that we need and take care of the things that we need if he hadn't taught me those basics. If I didn't believe he was a merciful God, most of that wouldn't. Because I, you know, my, I tell you, uh, bookkeeping is not my strong suit. You know, Pastor Shirley keeps up with every every penny of everything. You know what I'm saying? I mean, praise God for that. You know, I do the best I can. You know, with with what I have, and and so and God takes care of the rest, folks. He he just he puts people around you who can help you with those things. That's His mercy. His mercy follows you all the way down the line of everything that you will ever need. He's tender toward us. He's easily entreated. We can easily talk to him and let him know the things that we need. You are healed already. So you don't have to work at getting anything from God. You don't have to work at, you know, what's happening is we're allowing the devil to steal. But once you recognize that, just start pounding him with the word and he'll let stuff go can't hold it forever amen keep feeding yourself the word show god your faith god i'm not quitting on my promise that i want i'm not going to fall fall flat and, and just give up because you're too merciful amen my greatest hope is in your great mercy amen amen so in deuteronomy 4 let's go there so we see how god even showed mercy to to sinful sinful people 
they were so sinful he was just done with them and people say well that's the old testament where it's the same god i wouldn't i wouldn't try and play him like that you know like you wrote the bible <laughs> you know we like old testament when we like old testament we like to read the windows of he- heaven are open to us for a, a measly 10 percent of our income <laughs> but when it comes to something else we want oh that's old testament yeah so deuteronomy 4 i think it starts in verse 30 31 let me see okay this is if 31 this describes what it means for mercy the lord god is a merciful god he will not forsake you forsake you means to just drop you when you have trouble i know three of y'all some some no good man's face popped up in your head right there when he says forsake (laughs) just drop you (laughs) drop kick you amen he will not forsake you if forsaking means that you have a a commitment or contract that says you can depend on somebody and they don't come through for you so god has a covenant with us and he will come through for us without fail so he will never forsake you amen he will also not destroy you amen he he is not the author of destruction and nor will he forget the covenant that he has made with the those who believe in him amen so we as believers have the same covenant privileges that other believers that anybody you see in the bible that god came through for that's you he put that example there to show you that he will come through for you under the same or similar circumstances. So those are three things that mercy means for us. It means he will not forsake us. That is, leave you high and dry in the middle of your need. Uh, you 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 don't have food or you're short on food or a bill popped up all of a sudden and it was a choice between pay that bill or get you know something cut off or something uh, taken away from you or or feed your family and so if if you're in that situation where you have to make that kind of decision god says i am not going to just drop you because you ran out of money i'm not going to drop you because you have a need that that you don't seem to be able to fulfill my thing is even if your mind can think of a way to get that need fulfilled ask god because he has a better way see he he will where you might decide you can call three creditors and ask them to wait god might say don't call nobody you understand what i'm saying let me work this out for you and so god will work it out for us we just have to trust us so forsaking really means that you are in a position where you are counting on someone and they don't come through for you how many of you ever been in that position somebody said you know you they're gonna be here they're gonna do this they're gonna do that 
you know, all that kind of stuff. I remember when my husband passed away. I had so many people in the ministry come up to me. Oh, you know, do you need anything? Just call me. I'm here for you. And they gone. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, not that I'm moved by their, but really, I didn't need anything that humans could supply for me, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, it's a nice thought, but don't overcommit yourself. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, you better hope that lady don't ask you for nothing real. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just just walk past and say, well, I'm praying for you, sis. You know I'm praying for you. You know you got my prayers. Amen. And let God handle it. Amen. So uh, He, God will never forget his covenant to us. He will never leave us, will never forsake us. Amen. In verse 36, it says, out of heaven, he made you to hear his voice, that he might instruct you. And upon the earth, he showed you his great fire, and you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. So God has revealed himself to everybody that he has a covenant with. Now, you and I are thankful we don't hear fire roar and talk at us and all that kind of stuff, but God speaks to us from the inward witness, amen, from the still small voice within. So he has revealed himself to us for a reason, that we would know him and know that he's trustworthy and know that we can count on him, know that he won't forsake us. He's always with us. He will find a way to get to us and provide for us be our strength be our help be everything that we need amen so he even proved him he proved himself to israel in so many different ways that's his mercy when he shows you who he is he even revealed himself to moses as much as he could and moses said show me your glory and the lord said i don't think you know what you're asking for but he showed him as much as he could he hid him in a cliff of a rock so he wouldn't destroy him. As he walked past, he spoke to him and told him who he was. And merciful was one of the things that he expressed to Moses that he was. And Moses heard that because Moses relied on God's mercy for his ministry to Israel all the days of his life. He knew he wasn't, he didn't understand their language very well. He had a very hot temper. Which, you know, some of us can identify with, you know. People get on your last nerve, you know. And uh, Moses would, would do things that weren't pleasing to God. But God was merciful to him and used him anyway. Continued to use him until it was time for, for Joshua to take over. And so these things are all God's mercy. He knows how to treat us mercifully. Amen. In 2 Samuel 22, who can go there? Prophet Waller, did you get Chuck all wound up in there? (laughs) Amen. Right. Good. In 22.26 in 2 Samuel, he says, With the merciful... Will you show yourself merciful with the upright man? I will show myself upright. So mercy being such a powerful tool for us and a powerful spiritual force 
if we will take the mercy that God bestows upon us and not keep it and not think it's ours, not think we're special because we've received it, but if you will show mercy to other people in return. Amen. Mercy is always wrapped up in forgiveness as far as human beings are concerned. When when God when God shows us merciful mercy, he expects us to pass that mercy on in situations where mercy is called for. Amen. Sometimes every situation does not call for it, but it's good to extend it anyway because that's our job is to extend God's mercy. Let him deal with people the way he wants to, but we let them off the hook. You know what I'm saying? So your mercy always keeps people in a place where they can hear from God, be blessed, be corrected, whatever it is that they might need from the Lord. Mercy always affords that open door so that God can deal with them in the fullness that he desires to deal with them. Sometimes God does want to instruct people. He wants to teach them. All of those opportunities come because we extend mercy toward people. Mercy is not giving them a free pass on everything. That's that's really not mercy. Mercy just requires we release them from our personal judgment. Amen. And allow God to be the judge in that situation. And so compassion, mercy, forgiveness. Remember one of the the, the uh, definitions of mercy that we just had was uh, uh, had to do with their sins being covered. And so when, when a person's sins are covered, we don't keep pointing them out and, and keep them in, on lockdown because of something they did that might even not, may not even be wrong. Sometimes we're in the wrong the way we see things. You understand, you know, sometimes we're just too touchy about stuff. Or or we look at, I don't like nobody that does that. Well, that doesn't make them wrong. You understand what I'm saying? We just, you need to let people go, period, because you've been let go. And you could be wrong about them. Amen? I always say most situations that come up that cause strife are more misunderstandings than they are out-and-out offenses. You know what I'm saying? It just it's just that way. It's easy for people to misunderstand things. They sometimes people who are in a, an anxious state of mind misinterpret everything that's said. They think people are talking about them and they're not. And then later on down the road, you might find out that person was in a condition where they couldn't really discern what was truth, what was real, what wasn't real. And so we have to show mercy at all times because you, you just don't know. And so that's, that's our obligation because God has shown us mercy. But he says if we show it, he will show it back to us and we'll, we'll obtain even more mercy. Amen. So mercy always extends grace. That's in Psalm 103. <clears throat> Grace, of course, is something we don't understand. I think people need to just say that and quit trying to give their definition of it. <laughs> because you don't. The Bible doesn't give us understanding of it. You know, grace is what they call unmerited favor. 
what's that mean? What does it look like? What does it look like in my life? Well, many times we don't even know what it's upon our lives, but we know the result of it. So it's after it's operated in your life that you can look back and say, oh, that was the grace of God. You understand what I'm saying? So grace is like an afterthought. It's not an aforethought. You know, you just get into situations and somehow they work out. And you didn't see it coming when you went into the situation. See, if you saw it coming, you could claim credit for it. You could claim understanding of it. Just like Esther, when she came in front of the king, that was her husband. But he was still the king. You know what I'm saying? See, his his other wife, the one that wasn't there no more, she forgot that. But Esther remembers. She said, I don't remember nothing. I'm going to remember when he sits in that chair, he the king. That that ain't my man right there that's the king. That ain't my man, the king. That ain't the king, my man, that's the king. Got me? And even though he had chosen her as his wife, when it came to doing stuff in his official capacity, she still had to find favor in his sight. He chose her out of all the young women in that country. So she had favor to receive uh, 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 being his wife, but she wasn't so sure when it came to on that throne. See, sometimes that's a mistake we make with God. We think we understand things and we don't understand them. She no more understood if she was going to get a yes or no. She couldn't assume she was going to get a yes. And she would lose her life. It wasn't just a no. It was when she wasn't there no more. She was going unannounced. She was going not. She He didn't call her. He didn't summon her. So she was just on shaky ground going up in there. Amen. And in many ways, that's the way we are with God. We're not sure it's going to come through this time. If God, I want an instant healing. I need an instant healing. I want instant healing so bad. Sometimes not for you, but for loved ones. God, I want this to be over with real quick. I want instant everything. And you're not real sure if you're going to get it or not. But favor will let you know that you can obtain it. You can receive it. It gives you an an idea that you're on pretty safe ground when you ask. But you never know exactly how it's going to turn out. That's a secret inside of God's heart that he has to keep to himself. Because the minute we start being able to predict it, expect it, know it's going to come, and say, yeah, no, 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 I got it all that, that's when we lose it. Okay? Now, faith gives you confidence and assurance you just don't know the when of it see you want it to be when you want it to be but you're not sure of that that's something that's locked up inside of god see the secret things belong to him didn't he say that 
For the things that are revealed belong to us, Archer. We can take, we can share them with anybody once they're revealed. But there are many things that are not revealed. See, you can go and to want to pick up a car and pick out a car and you had favor in so many different places, every car you got, but you get, you got into 15 of them now and you still haven't got anything. But you know favor is in God somewhere for you to get this. You just don't know how it works. You wish you did, but you don't. That's why he says it belongs to me. I give it to whomever I give it to, wherever I give it to. See, we start wanting to know too much and then we'll take God's place. We won't need him at all. And he knows when you're teetering on the edge of that. He won't let you in that door. But where he needs to give you favor, he will. He'll supply all your needs. You know that. That's a given. But some of these things that have to do with the character of God and his deep generosity and his deep love, we just have to trust God that they're administered into our lives when we need them. Amen? And know that God will come through for us. There are things that we don't know down the line. That we thought, well, God, I have favor and I just, you gave me this, you gave me that. How come I can't have this? You may not know it for years. Huh? If you know it at all. It'll just be one of those mysteries out there. There are things, you know, now that I'm the age I am, don't start nothing because I don't have time to mess with y'all on that. I'm almost done. But I can look back and see some things that I used to think I missed that God promised me that I didn't get. I was never promised that anyway. I thought I claimed it. I thought it was mine. I thought I was using my faith on it. And people say, well, aren't you disappointed? Well, how can you be disappointed? You never had an appointment for anything. See, to be disappointed means you had an appointment for something. I never had an appointment for some things. You understand what I'm saying? And no, I'm not disappointed. In fact, I'm more interested in God now than ever. God, tell me more. Keep me on the road you want me. See, I can't predict my road. He knew my road from the beginning. And he kept me on the road he wanted me to be on, folks. Now, there's a lot of promises in the Bible. But the ones that are for you, that's between you and God. You can't get like a group blessing and claim stuff. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) We don't have as many millionaire Christians as we thought we were going to have by this time. Amen? It was never God's plan. So sometimes we have to allow God to have that sovereignty in our lives. But I'm telling you, his mercy is the greatest thing we have going in our lives. It's better than your works. It's better than your confession. It's better than your anything. It'll override all of that and put you in the lap of blessing like you've never seen before. You just have to understand the biggest part of God is his mercy. It endures forever. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you for your greatness, your mercy, your bigness. You are so much bigger than anything that's in us that surrounds us that we might face we bless you lord and we thank you 
and we praise you. We understand you, Lord, that you are the God of all flesh. Nothing's too hard for you. Nothing is impossible with you, and nothing is impossible for you. So we thank you, Lord, for the great possibilities in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for healing us and blessing us, helping us in all things. Why don't we do our confession? I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't give me. (laughs) And we thank you, Father, that by the stripes of your son, Jesus, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It is so decreed in heaven. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God.